In the Christmas story, we told about three names of the baby Jesus and three presents he was giving. The amazing thing is that these three names and these three gifts are all saying the same thing. I had not seen it before, but last week as I lay in bed early one morning thinking over this message, God literally gave this to me as I was thinking over what I was going to say. Each name and each gift line up perfectly. The baby Jesus got a present that matched every name he had. Imagine if you got a present for every one of your names. I guess some of you wish you had five or six names so that you could get five or six presents. So what were the three gifts which the wise men brought Jesus? Let's look at it in the Bible. Matthew 2 verse 11. And coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of frankincense and of myrrh. They're the three gifts. Gold, frankincense and myrrh. I don't know if you've ever thought about them. But they're not really the most sort of appropriate gifts for a baby. But let's... Look at the tremendous prophetic symbolism that we see here. Firstly, Jesus was born a king. Matthew chapter 2 verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi, or wise men, came from the east to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been Born king of the Jews. Notice that. Born king of the Jews. What was the first gift they gave? Gold. Now, gold is a gift for a king. Do you remember the story in the Bible of the Queen of Sheba who visited Solomon and she literally brought him tons of gold when he already had loads? Why? Well, you see, gold is a present which is fit for a king. The wise men gave baby Jesus gold. I mean, it's really a bit of a crazy gift for a baby, like giving him a couple of Krugerrands each worth about 48,000. What's the baby going to do with them? Suck on the coin or I don't know. More appropriate would have been something like baby clothes. Gold seems a bit of a crazy gift, doesn't it? But no, no, it's not at all crazy. It was prophetic. It was amazing. They saw that he was the king of all kings. The king of kings. You see, he never became a king. He was born a king. Uh, he wasn't a prince first and then became a king. One day, Prince William will be king. But for now, he's a prince. Not so with Jesus. He was born a king. King Jesus. King of kings. Ruling over all. Sovereign over life. A sovereign king. 
over your life. And today, he overrules and oversees every aspect of your life in detail. A sovereign, a king, is all about someone who is in control. And let me tell you, my friend, God is totally in charge. And he never says about you, oops, I made a mistake. No, 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 no. He is sovereign in control of your life. Born a king. First gift, gold for the king of kings. But secondly, born God with us. Born God with us. Look at Matthew 1 verse 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us is one of his names. Now, what was the next present the wise men brought? Well, it was frankincense. And frankincense is only ever to be offered to God and to no one else. Exodus 30 tells us that this incense is never, never offered to man, only to God. I know today people sometimes use incense to make your room smell nice. But that was not the purpose of frankincense in the Bible. Do you get that? It was if it was given to a human, there was a death penalty attached to it. Look, look here with me at Exodus 30. Verse 37, do not make any incense with this formula for yourselves. Consider it holy to the Lord. Whoever makes anything like it to enjoy its fragrance must be cut off from his people. That says don't make any incense of this frankincense formula. It is separated only for God, holy to God, separated to him. And anyone who makes anything like it must be cut off from his people. And now Leviticus goes on and explains what this cut off means. It literally means a death sentence. If you gave frankincense to somebody else, you could die. If you made frankincense, you could die. And here come these wise men and they give this to baby Jesus. Why? They gave it because they recognized he was God with us. Emmanuel. By coming along and giving frankincense, which was reserved only for God, they were saying, we know you are God with us. Frankincense, let me say it again, at all times is for God himself. But you see, they prophetically knew his name, Emmanuel, which means God with us. They knew Jesus was God coming to earth. And they worshipped this baby Jesus as God. You see, Jesus never became God. He was born God or born fully, fully God. Now, I know that's hard to understand. But he was 100% God. And a hundred percent man. 
packed into a human body, not sort of 50% man and 50% God, half-half. No, no. Max Licato, a great author, says this. It all happened in a most remarkable moment, a moment like no other. For that segment of time, a spectacular thing occurred. God became man. Divinity arrived. Heaven opened herself and placed her most precious gift in a human womb. The omnipotent in one instant became flesh and blood. The one who was larger than the universe became a microscopic embryo. And he who sustains the world or the word became dependent on the nourishment of a young girl. God had come. Emmanuel. He came not as a flash of light or as as an unapproachable conqueror, but as one whose first cries were heard by a pleasant, peasant girl. Majesty in the midst of mundane. If you like my way of putting it, Jesus was divinity in the dust. The whole of history, my friend, is divided into two. By Jesus, by God with us. B.C. before Christ and A.D., which in Latin means in the year of our Lord. So great was the impact of God with us that God split history into God over all. God, King over all. But God who came to be with you, to intervene in your life. God who is able. God who can change your life and your circumstance. God who's all-knowing, God who's all-powerful and all-wise. He's not God distant from you. Years ago, there was a song, from a distance, God is watching you. No, 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 He's no, it's God right with you, right next to you. Remember the children of Israel when they escaped from Egypt? There was God right with them in that pillar of fire at night, giving them life. Light and removing the fear of the dark and the danger of the dark. And a permanent cloud bringing some shade and the heat of the moment in the desert. God with them. Now listen. I know. The desert is always the heat of trying times. You've been through some trying times. And oh, They're tough. The heat of those times are hard. And that's where God is present with you. God is with you in your desert. I don't know what your impossible desert situation is. I know what mine is. But in that desert of yours, hear me. Emmanuel, God is with you. Through it all, he's making a way. Emmanuel, the God of the desert. When the tempter comes and plants seeds of doubt and fear and accusation in, in your thoughts and says, God doesn't really care for you. Look around, my friend. He is right there with you. God became humanity. The heavenly entered the earthly. God made himself nothing, being found in the appearance of a man. God made the move towards you. Break for you. Breakthrough has happened for you. All you have to do is step out and receive it. God became human and moved into our neighborhood. Listen, 
Jesus gets what's happening in your life right now. Whatever you're walking through, he gets it. Our story changes because of this moment of God entering into humanity. He came from heaven into a womb, not from heaven into a manger. Emmanuel, God is with you. We had some friends many years ago who were, were, were with Wycliffe Bible translators. And they were translating the scriptures into a nomadic Kenyan desert tribe. And they were looking for a word to describe Holy Spirit, the Paracletos, the Comforter or the Counselor, the one we talked about in the Nehemiah series. The Paracletos. And they were talking to these tribes the experts of language in these tribes, and suddenly one said, ah, I know what you mean. The one who falls down beside you. And so these, trans these Bible translators said, please explain. So he said, well, here's, here's how it works. When we are moving from one place to the next in, in the desert in search of pasture, it gets excruciatingly hot, and, and people get exhausted and sometimes faint and fall. And in our culture and tribe, immediately another person falls down flat beside them. And gently, with their sweaty arms around them, they whisper to them to get back up. And they stay with them and they gradually coax them back up, arm around them, until they're on their feet and able to walk again in the desert heat. Wow, that's a picture of Emmanuel. God with you, arm around you in that desert time. Christmas is a reminder that God was born and entered humanity. And no matter your situation, he says to you, my child, I am with you. Whether you're in the desert or on a mountaintop of joy, in the desert you're in, I am with you with a stream of hope. You are not alone. I am with you. Born. God with us. Emmanuel. And the gift that was given for Emmanuel was the gift of incense, frankincense. But thirdly, born a saviour. Matthew 1.21 says, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Give him the name Jesus, which means Jehovah is salvation because he will save his people from their sin. Luke 2, 11 says much the same. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born. What was the wise men's third gift? Myrrh. You know what myrrh is? A burial spice. Now talk about a strange gift to give to a baby. I mean, it's almost an insult to give a young mother myrrh, a burial spice for her baby. But what a prophetic present of what was to come. You see, myrrh is always an embalming burial spice. How weird to give a baby myrrh. I mean, 
a nappy or a dummy or some rags for a nappy. But a burial spice, it's a shocker. But no, they gave it to the one who would save his people from their sins through his death. He came as a savior to die for you. They gave myrrh as the gift associated with the name Savior. He will die for sins and be buried and need a burial spice. A prophetic gift of what was to come. You see, he never became a Savior. He was born a Savior. In fact, the Bible says, he was, as it were, slain before the very foundation of the world. He was always going to be the Savior. And is always, listen, the one and only Savior. You need Jesus to intervene in your life today to save you from your sin. God sent his son Jesus to die as your substitute. Jesus took the punishment of your sin that you deserve by dying on the cross for you. You see, my friend, your sin is offensive to the holiness of God. But in his grace and mercy, Jesus has provided a bridge across the canyon of your sin. You can know complete forgiveness of sin. Totally. What a Christmas present. Born to die for you. What a gift for you. Born to save you from your sins. You know you're a sinner. You know your thoughts. You know your actions. I don't need to convince you. You know. He came to save you from that mess of yours. Born a saviour to give you forgiveness. Have you received this gift of forgiveness? He was born a saviour for you. Three names. Three gifts. All saying the same thing. Born a king. The gift of God. He is in charge, overruling your life. Born, Emmanuel, God with us, frankincense, you're only offered to God. Born a saviour, myrrh, a burial spice because he would die and take your sin's punishment, which was eternal death, so that you could be born again. Everything you need, all in one person. A God who is in charge. A God with you in every situation. And the only one who can give you the gift of forgiveness. You need to be born again. You need this Christmas gift of eternal life. Let's bow together in prayer. Pray with me. As we bow in prayer, I want you to think about what God has said to you today. The greatest Christmas present I could ever offer you today would be the gift of eternal life. The gift of your sins forgiven. The gift of knowing God with you. The gift of knowing God is king over your life. And you say, how, John? It all begins in putting your hands out as it were to receive this gift. You put your hands out and pray to God. And I want to invite you, if you're not sure 
that you've received the gift of eternal life through Jesus' death on the cross for you to pray this prayer right now after me. This is the prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for coming at Christmas time to save me from my sin. Thank you, Lord, that you love me and that you forgive my sin. I'm sorry for the way I've been living. Help me to turn around now from my sin. Come into my life. God, be with me and be king over my life. From this moment on, I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I'd love you to tell somebody else, today I started my whole new life. I have been born again by the one who was born a king, born God with us, and born a savior. God bless you.